How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Corey Bosmer, host of Conversations with Corey podcast, and the person that runs the social media football page on Facebook and Twitter, known as Football of Kentucky DBA. Today's special guest is Jason Brown. How you doing today, Jason? Good, brother. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Ah, no, I appreciate you being a guest, man. What was it like being a coach uh, in the world scene worldwide when you did a Netflix show? Ah, uh, what was it like being the coach? I, it didn't change for me. I was just still. <laughs> I still haven't watched that show, man, either season uh, in totality. I don't really, uh, I just can't fathom. I, I can't will myself to go do it and go look at it. I've seen clips, of course, all the popular ones, especially the ones people use of me on TikTok and everything else that they want to make their own fame out of. But I haven't watched it myself in, in just through in duration. I haven't watched it. And uh, I never uh, I never wanted to be on there. I really turned them down the first time they, they asked. And then when I figured out who am I to stop, a bunch of uh you know inner city coaches inner city players uh folks that could use the platform who am i to stop that and uh i've been doing that my whole life uh especially where i'm from and what my upbringing is so i uh i decided to take the call again uh, and uh and they came but i was i was animate about not being anything that i'm not um i wasn't going to be the guy from east mississippi from year one to year two uh i was going to be the same person i am to this day i've just never i've never been anything different uh anyone can tell you that that knows me so i was just me i wasn't really worried about the uh camera i, I was worried more about the microphone and obviously as we sit here now and uh, what is it 2023 uh yeah some five years or four years removed from coaching um almost um the microphone probably cost me so it is what it is. You live and you learn, but no regrets, no looking back. I don't have a rearview mirror in my car for a reason. I don't go that way. I like that analogy. So why is it that you don't watch it? Is it because you lived it, you don't need to see because of what you know happened? Or because that's, uh, I find it, a lot of people tend, when they do stuff, they tend to not watch it. Why exactly is it that you choose not to go back and watch it? Um, I don't know, man. I Anytime, you know, I go through Netflix. I never used to have Netflix or social media until uh, I was at Indy. Um, I ended up getting, I started my first Twitter and Instagram. I never had any of that stuff. Um, I didn't really care about it. And I didn't have Netflix. So now that I have Netflix and I scroll through Netflix, uh, I was, I guess I was always a grinder. I never really watched TV. I still don't watch TV. I do stuff to prep for my own show or other shows I'm on or doing other things, messing with my dogs, building up on my house, doing something. I, I hate to just sit stagnant. So I'm always grinding and doing something. Um, but having said that, I can't fathom the, uh, me sitting there watching Netflix um, and watching something that I, I was was in, I guess. I, and I see clips and I see my face on Netflix as I scroll through channels and I'm sitting there like, oh, I get I, whatever the young kids now. Yeah. Well, the, the kids now say cringe, I think. I, I feel cringed or whatever they say. I, I'm like, there's no way I click that button to play it. Um, but I have seen enough clips to where I've had buddies over and they pull it up. And a good friend of mine, Pat Perez, a uh, live golfer, pro golfer, uh, I was at his house a few weeks ago and he pulled it up messing around with me. And I see things on these clips or watching this episode or whatever in the background. And I'm like, damn, they, they really switched that stuff around. They moved it around. That wasn't really how it was, even though it it happened. Everything yeah. that you saw happened. It's a documentary. There's nothing that's not 
real. They definitely massage things and move things and edited things. People think that they know all things. They really don't. Um, there's there's pieces of things that I've seen. I'm like, that wasn't the day before the game. That was six months ago. And they just, they massage it all into one thing. And what people don't know, Corey, what people don't realize is, um, first of all, I can't fathom judging a grown person um, as another grown person without ever meeting that person. So I would never judge Correct. somebody without meeting them. Um, it blows my mind when grown folks judge grown folks they've never met off of a show or off of a tweet or off of something. Um, it really blows my mind. I actually get secondhand embarrassment because of it. Uh, it blows my mind that they're so they're so comfortable on Twitter because they know they can't get hit in the mouth. That's really the truth. Mm. But the second part of it is, um, you know, I don't I don't go back and look at this stuff because uh, I know now that how they edited it and the, the naysayer out there that thinks they know me going back to my point, you do realize you watch 16 hours of my life um, in two seasons on that show, whatever it is, eight or nine episodes, 18 episodes, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, yeah. You do realize they filmed me for 4,000 hours, right? So you mm. miss about 3,900 hours. You know, you realize that, right? <laughs> so, so that's what people I want. I don't think really grasp that concept. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you see guys like, you know, coaches, coach Saban and, 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 and Jimbo Fisher and Ogeron and all these guys that I've known a long time will come through the office recruiting my guys all all of them jb i wish i'm so i'm so i'm so happy that you did what you did you're the sacrificial lamb of this thing basically because if it if they filmed us like you we'd all be exposed as being coaches uh yeah that is what they say you know we're all because we'd be exposed to being coaches jb and, and we all laugh about it and that's the truth i don't sound any different than nick saban on the football field by the way fyi uh or coach anybody at Kentucky, uh, who I know really well, or Ozer. I mean, any of these guys, I don't sound different. Um, people don't realize that. They just don't see them on Netflix uh, for, for 16 hours. And that's what, you know, those guys' points are. But it is what it is. I got broad shoulders and, and, and uh, you know, I got 13 coaches, Division One jobs, 135 guys in four years, Division One scholarships. Those those will never be broken, those records, those accolades. Um those those things will never be uh, matched again, especially now with the GPA that we had, the highest JUCO football playing GPA of ju any JUCO, the highest graduation rate. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody th gets thrown out of the four year. That's what I go to sleep well at night, uh, knowing not wins and losses. Wins and losses mean deadly shit in junior college. I'm surprised you ain't cussed that much, man. Normally you're more uh, you're more flamboyant with it. <laughs> I'm dumbing it down, man. I got a few TV offers that I got to take my show to, man. I'm I'm trying to dumb it down a little bit because everybody's so scared nowadays and, and so damn uh, sensitive. Um, I'm going to try it at least. And if it don't work, eh, I'll just go back to being myself like that. So it's not a big deal. They judge me off of uh, who I am. They think that these administrators and people that are scared to talk to me or see me, they don't realize. I'm on Jason Whitlock's show twice a week. I don't yeah. uh, I'm on plenty of uh, shows that are syndicated, ESPN, Fox, whatever. I don't cuss. People don't realize that I'm a chameleon and I understand protocol and I understand these things. But that's how I like to be. I like to be that way because I just like to prove the, to, to, to these soft people that uh, don't judge a book by its cover. You act like you know me from 16 hours, which to me is ignorant and ignorance is life threatening. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. Do you think the issue that main reason why some people may 
quintessentially in parentheses have issues with you, Jason, is because you're unapologetic and you don't care what they think? Probably, yeah. Uh, I don't apologize for anything. I don't apologize <laughs> for anything at all. Uh, I will never apologize for anything. People hated on me and thought I was just the biggest asshole in the world because I didn't apologize when I resigned from independent. Uh, why would I apologize for graduating 145 kids and getting them to Division One? Why would I apologize for keeping a bunch of inner city kids from going to jail or dying? Why would I apologize for getting my 10th first round kid drafted by the NFL, my 28th overall NFL? Mm. Why would I apologize for having eight Super Bowl champions that played for me? I I'm just confused as to why I would apologize because nobody gets arrested under my watch or goes to jail or gets kicked out of the four-year school. I'm right. going to apologize. Here's the thing about apologizing that people don't really grasp. Um, Oh, you're arrogant. You're narcissist. You're this. No, I'm a truth teller and you can't handle that truth. And that is the truth <laughs> of the matter. Yeah. And people think that I'm the old man yelling at the cloud on the porch and all these old things. But when in reality is no, you just can't grasp tr the truth. And uh, people don't understand that. I don't apologize for this reason. Um, I am who I am. I am not who I say I am. Please mm. understand there's a difference. We all are who we are and what we do, not what we say we do. And we forgot that in, in, in this new generation, this, this era, this, this uh, social media generation and era, we have forgotten that we are who we are and not what we say we are. And this is the reason why, because somebody says something that's on the mainstream media platform or a, a big time celebrity or somebody like that, they'll, they'll do some, they'll screw up and they'll come out and apologize. And what happens on that apology? Oh, you're the best man. Great apology. We forgive you. You're the greatest. And in two weeks later, he does the same shit and then he'll come out again and do an apology and everybody will be like, Oh, well, you did this already, but it takes a big man to come out and apologize again, give you credit. And then the third time this shit happens, right? And he apologizes again. When are you going to realize that this fucking guy is who he is and he's not what he says he is? Right. That is why I don't apologize. I don't apologize because that's who I am. I know exactly who I am and what I say I do and what I do. Here's the deal, though. Am I a narcissist because I don't apologize if I'm wrong? No. First of all, being wrong, being wrong is what we call admittance. I will admit to being wrong. I'm not apologizing for what I said. And there's a big difference if I... I tell you that I don't, I think Patrick Mahomes is overrated. I think it's Andy Reid 90% of the time. Mm. I think that it's that offense. I think it's a gimmickal style of offense because of his skill set. Now, I've been blasted by Kansas City media, Kansas City fans, and they want me to apologize. And I said, get fucked. Apologize <laughs> my ass. I ain't apologize for shit. And when he wins seven Super Bowls, come talk to me. Until then, stop anointing certain people so quickly. And uh, that is just where I'm at with it. I don't apologize. I am. I stand by what I say. And the problem about it is, Corey, what happens is I'm the one that goes out and says it. Nobody responds for four hours. You know what four hours is? The duration of a football game in the NFL or an NBA basketball game or a baseball game. And you know what they do? They're crickets, Corey, until the game's over. And you know what happens more often than not when I'm actually right? Yeah. I hear nothing. I don't hear nothing. Right. But four hours later, 
If I'm wrong on something I said, oh, you'll be you're quick to see these four hour fucks sitting around waiting for my demise because what I tweeted that I had the balls enough to tweet yeah. actually came to either to fruition or it was wrong. So, but see that people won't do it. People will go out four hours after and tweet and say, oh, I said this yesterday. Well, show me. See, they don't have the balls. I don't care. I stand by my convictions, unlike a yeah. lot of folks out here nowadays. Facts. Yeah, it's better to speak the truth than tell a lie. That's the way I go. Well, well I don't lie because you got to remember shit. That's, that's true, man. So what was your upbringing like, man? Uh, shit. Probably the worst city in America during my upbringing in the 80s, Compton. Um, only white guy. Uh, only white guy when I played at Compton College. Only white guy growing up in Compton in the 80s. And then I was the only white guy as the head coach of Compton College some 10 years after I played there. And then uh, when my dad was in growing up there in the same house I grew up in in the 50s, it was all white. And there was one black guy that graduated from Compton High School with my dad who ended up having like five Super Bowl championships. But other than that, it just it completely flipped. And I grew up the only white guy in all black neighborhood. My dad grew up in a uh, all white neighborhood with only one black guy. So it's totally flipped. Uh, right. right, basically around the watch riots in '66 uh, that I talk about, kind of Compton and its kind of its whole um, kind of how it's transformed, its transformation, and uh, I talk about it in my book, "Hate Me Now, Love Me Later." As far as people don't realize how great of a city Compton is or was, um, you know, Duke Snyder, the da the Dodger great, Pete Rozelle, basically the commissioner of the NFL who built the NFL to what it is today, uh, was my dad's best friend and went to Compton High together and Compton College together. Mm. Um, Impressive. Yeah, Venus and Serena. I used to walk them to Compton College to play tennis when they were little girls. Uh, they used to live right on the edge of the street. Anthony Anderson, Todd Bridges, Marilyn Monroe, Kevin Costner, you name it. They're from Compton. No one knows it. No one talks about it. Um, but it's fact. You can look it's it up. Impressive. And there's a lot more other people from there. Duke Snyder from the Dodgers that was way back. Hugh McElhaney played in the NFL for a long yeah. time back. There's been – and then you don't even want to get into the rap game with Dre and Easy and the NWA and the movement of, you know, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar and all these new guys. Um, the game. I mean, it goes on and on and on how many people are actually from Compton – not to mention James Harden, Paul George, um, Kawhi Leonard, all these guys, um, even though Kawhi moved out and went to Riverside, Paul out, went out to Lancaster, uh, Westbrook, I mean, Aaron Aflalo. I could go on and on and on and on. DeMar DeRozan all grew up on the same block, basically, in Compton. So um, the people that are from a town that's not very large um, is, is uh, not only athletically NFL Larry Allen, who I grew up on the same street with, uh, Hall of Fame left guard for the Cowboys. You could talk about all the history of Compton. It's just people don't realize how many great legendary people are from there. Um, and uh, they just, it gets a bad rap. Again, judge a book by its cover. And, you, you know, these people that talk about Compton, it's the, it's the ghetto, it's the crime capital of the world. And da, 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 that da. shit's everywhere, though. It is now. It is now. Yeah. But people don't realize what the true history is. You know what I mean? What What's really behind it? Compton College, by the way, has the most junior college national championships of all time. But tell wow. I, I haven't I left in 08 as the head coach. They haven't had any success since I left there in 08. But before that, they were really, really bad um, from the 70s on. And, uh, you know, they used to play Pasadena Junior College in the Junior Rose Bowl, which it was in front of 50,000, 60,000 people at the Rose Bowl. This is a junior college game. Unlike that many people? Wow. 
Yeah, it was called the Junior Rose Bowl. They played at the Rose Bowl. Um, that's when Compton would play Pasadena, and the running back for Pasadena was a guy named Jackie Robinson. So, like, the history goes on and on and on that people don't really realize, and I could do a history lesson on all these type of guys, but it's in my book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, and and uh, it, it talks about a lot of that stuff that people really don't realize. Where can, the, where can the folks find your book at? My website, CoachJBStore.com, or Amazon, or Amazon, or Barnes & Noble. It's everywhere. What is the most mis- uh, perceived thing about you? Mm, I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's a lot, but like if you could, because I, I know a person like you, like we were just talking about how you're completely unapologetic and how you live life and how you walk. There's got to be something more poignant like that is mis that you're misconstrued about. You get what I'm saying? Like people think they know, but they don't know you type deal. I've had my players on my show. Um, my former mm-hmm. I've had fans that are in my chat. If you're a member of my show, you can come live on a show like, like this face to face and talk to me during my show or my guests. You could talk to my guests and I've had John Daly, Brian Erlacher, you name it. I've had a listers on the show and they come on and talk to them if they want. Well, uh, I had some fans that are that are members come on. That's the benefit of being a member. They come on the show and they talk to a Calvin Jackson or a Raheem Boyd or Emmett Gooden or guys that I've had, Coy Dang, Jermaine Johnson, guys that I've coached that are either in the NFL trying to be or whatever, and they ask that very question. And Calvin and Emmett and those guys will be like, man, you know, Coach A.B. will get after you and all that, but he's a big teddy bear at the end of the day. He'll give you a shirt off his back. He loves the hell out of you and players, and he's loyal as it gets. And uh, I don't believe people realize that because they see you cussing out a little. They think I'm just cussing babies out at Walmart or something all day. And I, eh, it's crazy how they depict you um, on that show and how that show depicts you. But end of the day, um, that's why I just can't fathom judging somebody. That's like me coming to your job and you're driving a truck and I just start to go into how you're shifting your gears, how you're loading yep. the trailer, how much air's in your right tire compared to your left. Like I know, I don't know. So I'm not ever going to put my foot in my mouth and act like I do. But the guy at Walmart who bags my fucking groceries every day seems to know more about recruiting than I do. <laughs> I mean, this shit blows my mind. Like you're on Twitter with seven burner accounts and you're trying to fake your identity, but you know more about this than I do. It it blows my mind, man. And uh, that is where society is right now. Social media has made cowards of us all. Uh, Definitely, definitely. What's your thoughts on the way the game of the NFL is today? Um, It's atrocious. It's fucking horrible. It's soft. It is, uh, it's rewarding to all. Um, everyone gets a trophy. Let's, let's play flag football in the pro bowl. Now that's not even, we're not even doing that. I mean, it's, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Um, there's a lot of things you can attest to why that is. That's a whole show in itself. Um, but it is, uh, it is definitely, um, we had 900 injuries this year in the NFL, Corey, 900, let that sit in. I I don't know if you realize how many that is compared to how many players are on in the league um, that are active, 900 injuries is an all-time high. Not only did you have 900 injuries, you did not get a recovery time near as quick as it's been in the past. So now you have 900 injuries and you have a slow recovery time. Most of them don't even come back. Having said that, people think they're making the game safer. I argue the other way around. I think the softness has made the game even worse and it is more injury prone than it's ever been. 
by taking away full speed kickoff, full speed kickoff return, yep. full speed punt, punt return, hitting the quarterback, stopping from going low, stopping from going high, having to know where I got to tackle you now. And now I got to fucking land and hold myself up, tackle you, a grown man with my left arm, hold my right arm on the ground, make sure my left kneecap don't fucking touch the turf. And then I fucking make sure I grab your head and fucking coddle you yeah. ground. I got to do that as a D tackle now. Are you fucking shitting me? So that is where <laughs> we are now, and it blows my mind. Well, yeah. having said all that, uh, a little dramatically speaking. Yeah, but, uh, wait, hey, hold, on now. hold on a second. You might say it's dramatically, but it's truthful. It so. is truthful. It's a little facetious, but let me tell you something. By doing all that, you blow a hamstring, you hurt your neck, you can't tackle correctly. Your eyes are no longer up seeing what you hit. Your highs are down now. You break, you're, you're tearing your shoulders out. You're blowing hamstrings, soft tissue. Yep. Uh, we've never seen soft tissue injuries as, as, as like we've seen today. Um, we don't lift weights like we once did. We don't hit in practice anymore. We wear fucking helmet condoms now in practice. We don't helmet do condoms. We don't do anything that we used to do. And I'm just going to be honest with you, Corey. If, if you're a boxer, you need to train to get hit in the face because it's yep. the unnatural act there is. Getting hit in the face is something you just don't do every day. You right. need to train your skin. You need to train your face, your brain. All these things need to, your chin, your teeth. Well, guess what? When you get hit in the face and you don't get hit in the face, you get knocked out or you can't handle it or you cry. What happens when you get hit in football now? It's like, Oh shit, I got hit with a helmet. Um, I don't know how to act. Well, guess what? You don't lift weights anymore like we once once did. If you look yep. around the NFL, tell me an NFL body that looked like the NFL bodies when I played. I just want we can go through it. I went through it on my show. Show me a guy, AJ Brown, maybe he's not he's not even fucking close to TO, but let's say he's the closest thing to TO. Let's look at all the other receivers in the NFL. Okay, you got you got you got what's-his-name in, in Seattle. Um, him and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Those two, and Julio Jones is old now. But besides those three, what big freakish guy that looks like the Tarzan plays anymore? Linebackers. Patrick Queen, one of the leading tacklers in the NFL, who plays Mike Backer with Roquan Smith in Baltimore, weighs 222. That's it? 222. So, wow. And... You know, Mike Singletary was 255 all muscle. Like, this is its transition to a, a game where I don't know if the investment is what it is or what it once was. And this is the cold part about it, which I don't understand. The owners of these organizations are giving out unbelievable amounts of money um, $250 million guaranteed. $500 million duration of a contract. What it is translating to is giving the keys to the Lamborghini to a fucking guy who's never drove in that Lamborghini before. And that exactly. is exactly that's true. You're not getting any return on the investment. There's no ROI going on here. What is Kyler Murray one? Exactly. So like, let me, let me stop you right there. That makes me think about Kyler Murray. How the fuck, pardon my French, but how the fuck can you sit there and say he's worth a guaranteed 168 million? Can't, but they're doing it. And guess what that's doing? It's making the NFL be expectant upon the contracts that are happening from mm. other guys. So now Lamar 
wants this because Lamar believes he's deserving of this big bag because Deshaun Watson's weirdo ass got it. I will say this since I, I, I will say this. Let me interject for just one second, Jason, if you don't mind. Lamar is definitely deserving of 168 if fucking Kyler Murray is. Oh, 100%. I, I just want to put that out there because there's some uh, chomos out there that, that think otherwise. Yeah, there, uh, <laughs> there is a uh, – I'm as hard as anybody on Lamar Jackson, and I had his teammate on the show today, and I know a good friend of mine is actually his coach. Um, I think he's a phenomenal athlete, but there is a complete difference between athlete playing quarterback and quarterbacks who are athletic. Mm. Two different break things. That, break that down. I, wanna, I want the folks out there to know the difference. Yeah, so right now in this generation, in this era, the quarterback is being recruited out of high school as the best athlete to play at the four-year school. Correct. We can take the best athlete, put him at quarterback, so we can run tempo offense, fast pace, RPO, triple and double option, and we'll sprint him out. We'll get him on the edge. We'll throw play action RPO over the top um, against zero coverage because the box loaded to stop the run game, and that is what we see nowadays at an all-time high. We have the greatest athletes we've ever seen play the position: Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Um, the list goes on and on. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones. People don't realize how freakish of an athlete Daniel Jones is. You, The list goes on and on. The problem is quarterback play is the worst I've ever seen it in the NFL. Mm. So we have the greatest athletes playing the position, but it's the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. So, now, when you say that, now, when you say that, do you mean individually or, or overall in totality or both? Both. Mm. The worst okay. quarterback play I've seen. I mean – People get enamored by Jalen Hurts throwing a fucking bubble screen 17 <laughs> times a game, 70% completions, and we're like, oh, fuck, he's 70%. Jalen Hurts is the MVP. And guess what? He ran the football for 200 yards, too. They, they're, they get blown away by Justin Fields, who, they, oh, Justin's a freak. Justin Fields is fucking Walter Payton. That's what he is. You need to put him back there in the backfield, too, because he's not a quarterback. He's fucking Walter Payton. And, and people don't realize, like, this dude's a freak. I recruited him to come to Indy when he, when he left Georgia. Great kid. Fucking salt of the earth. His parent, his grandma, everybody. He's not ready. I hope he becomes something and can get out of the mold or the stereotypical, I'm going to tuck it and run guy and I can make a throw from the pocket on time. Yeah. I hope he can evolve to that. I have Zach Smith, who had him at Ohio State, on my show every day, and he thinks he may become that. So I'm, I hope so. I hope so. I never wish on the demise of any of these guys. I just tell the truth, and what happens is people don't like that shit, and they think it's hating. It's not hating if it's true. And uh, Lamar Jackson, same way. You have bad mechanics. You haven't gotten better. Your mechanics have actually gotten worse. I give Jalen Hurts a lot of credit. He his mechanics from year one to year two were unbelievably different. He for the folks it. out there, Jason, for the folks out there, especially before you get back to Jalen and the state of Kentucky, City of Louisville, break down how Lamar's mechanics, if you don't mind, haven't gotten any better. Because a lot of people don't understand mechanics at the quarterback position. Yeah, and I sh I do it on last chance Q. So Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, USC legend, uh him and I do a show together called Last Chance Q. Okay. Behind me. Uh, we're going to start back April 10th on Patreon. 
but we I'm the only one on YouTube allowed to show NFL film that uh, and I don't get copywritten or taken down. Uh, we have a uh, company called DB Sport where you see the NFL, the NCAA, everybody yeah. uses instant replay. A buddy of mine owns it. That's who we use. Um, and that is we got that cleared through YouTube, through a bunch of different meetings. Um, so we could share that all 22 film and we get to cut it up, draw on it. It's like a, a coaching straight up coaching show. Um, we've broken Lamar down a lot of times and his platform is just not conducive. Platform mm -hmm. means where is my elbow compared to where the ball is between my sternum? Do you have it by your ear? Yeah. So the higher the ball goes, usually the lower your elbow is. So this is your platform. Your platform is here and it's the, where you deliver the football. It is within your frame. Where is my platform delivery? Lamar Jackson holds the ball kind of low and then he drops the ball. And now this is his delivery. His elbows way down by his hip. The ball's usually, if you watch him throw the ball, he's down here. Everything's this, this thumb should be down. His thumb is up. Mm. So you see a lot of different balls that he throws are either fluttery. They're high because when you throw the ball from here and you go up, what does it do? The ball goes up. And then right. that, and then makes your other shoulder, which we call a lead shoulder, it makes it hot. So now the ball goes up when you should be down and the ball going down and you'd be more accurate. Those little things like that, we break down on the show and he misses unbelievably amount of wide open guys. People don't see it because they only see highlights on ESPN. You don't really mm -hmm. watch the game film. You don't see how bad he is mechanically. You don't see how bad his feet are. He's throwing the ball, both feet are in front of his body. Like, how do you even do that? But nobody watches it in totality. So right. you see, and Kyler Murray's worse. Like, uh, that's what people don't realize. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that are bad, man. That's why I say quarterback play is so bad right now. But see, you'll have people that are listening to this, and they'll be like, oh, you don't know what you're doing, Juco coach? Well, yeah, I've only sent 25 guys Division One and four NFL quarterbacks. I don't know shit. But having said that, it's like, I don't care what level you coach at. I know some great high school coaches that will outcoach an NFL coach all day long. NFL coaches get jobs because of 90% of nepotism, who their daddy was, who their uncle or auntie is. And I'll tell you right now, I can call 20 NFL coaching buddies of mine. They'll tell you how bad their position coaches are in on their own team. Mm. It is all who you know. It's not what you know. And I'll get on the board with anybody in America if anyone ever wants to come on over to my show. But the problem line is people don't realize when you break these guys down and show mechanically, inch by inch, little intricacies that you're missing out on that you see from Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, all these quarterbacks that have all these little issues, yeah. you start to wonder why aren't you being coached up? You're in the NFL. Why do you have an off-season trainer? These seven-on-seven seven trainers, they're killing these quarterbacks, making them even worse. They're digressing every year. Um, and then the NFL hires guys that aren't even quarterback guys to coach quarterbacks. I mean, some coaches have their buddy who was their elementary school teacher. Case, hey, case, case, yeah. case, case in point here in the city of Louisville, Jason, no shade towards Bobby Petrino, former UofL coach, Lamar Jackson's former college coach. His son was a quarterback coach when Lamar was a quarterback. So – Contrary to belief, let me correct you. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Really? 
No, Bobby Petrino coaches the QBs, and he probably is the hardest coach on QBs there are in, in America. He is Good. a straight-up, get-in-your-ass, after you. He is a complete asshole with quarterbacks. That is his baby. He is a 100% hands-on quarterback coach. He just labels his son the coach because okay. they call him title coaches. I mean, Belichick titles defensive coordinators and titles his own sons as the linebacker coach and the safeties coach. They're not coaching shit. Right. So the, the, the bottom line is Lamar had one of the best quarterback coaches in America. The problem is what happens is Petrino made it to where it was conducive to his offense and his style oh, okay. in college. College right. is tempo, no huddle, RPO, triple option. Get Lamar, the best athlete on the field. Let's mm -hmm. put him into a situation where we mismatch the defense and we outhatch you at the point of attack. And now we're reading guys instead of blocking guys with a guy that runs 4-2 and can throw the ball on the run and now defend that. You can't. That's why he, unbelie it was, he was unbelievable at Louisville. But when you go to the NFL, you got to get under center and take a snap and take a five-step drop with a hitch and then step up and then read coverage and understand. You can't do it. They're not, they're not doing it. They're not being trained to play in the NFL. They're being trained to be great athletes in college. Mm. Run around. And when, what happens in college when the, when, the ta when, the, when, the, when the pocket gets pinched? They escape. Yeah. In, in the NFL, Corey, you escape. And the defensive end runs 4-4. And guess what? You're not, you're not escaping anyone anymore. So now you're running that way. Run. head cut off. You're throwing balls in the dirt. You're throwing, you don't understand that climbing the pocket actually gives you more time. And you don't have to expend so much energy running around. And then I, I broke down Lamar Jackson, Corey, a million times. And he will literally run 45 yards and gain one yard and then come back to the huddle and run tempo, no huddle, and expect him to be great? He's winded as shit. You know how tired right. he is? Now he just ran 45 yards this way. So he ran around the back. Then he ran that way, and he got one yard. It was a one-yard game. And now he's in the huddle again, running no huddle. And he's like, oh. And then you have him make a drop again. He don't like right. it. He takes off again. This guy's fucking winded. Instead of step up, check it down, throw it away, live to fight another down. We're, they're not being trained this way in college because they're used to being this greatest athlete on the field. And in the NFL, you can't do that no more. Now you got to learn how to climb the pocket, throw on time, anticipatory windows, throw mm -hmm. the dick off, anticipate, uh, anticipate it, step up, take a chin shot instead of avoiding it. Girls dig scars, take one for the team, throw the ball on time. We don't see that no more. You don't see that at all. The only guys you see do it is Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I mean, now you're not even going to see that anymore because Tom's gone. Aaron may be a jet. We'll see him maybe, but you don't really see it. You see escape the pocket, throw it around, run around, shovel pass, left hand. I mean, it, this isn't what, we, what we're used to in the NFL. And you can tell me things change and all this. Okay, but until a guy that really runs around back there wins a Super Bowl, right. I'll wait on that because Mahomes isn't a guy. Mahomes now is learning from Andy Reid. I got to throw the ball on time. I got to check it down. You can argue that he's, he had his best season this year, maybe not statistically, but 
having Schuster Smith and 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 uh, and all these different big body receivers, and not the Tyree Kills and the and the Speedsters. He learned how to progress from dead read one to open read two, Kelsey three. I yep. know where to get the ball to. Instead of just taking shots with Tyreek, throwing bubble screens, letting this guy eat up yak yards and, not, and allow your stats to be good, now you climb the pocket more than I saw him climb the pocket in his first four years. Andy Reid got through to him that because last year he was struggling for most of the season. Yeah. Um, got through to him, and he won his second Super Bowl. Um, Joe Burrow, in my opinion, is singly – he's the best pure passer and mechanically sound. I got to agree. In the he does NFL. have pure mechanics for sure. Uh, yeah, I like Burrow the best. Um, I, but I got to put Mahomes at one right now because he just beat Burrow finally uh, one and three versus him, but he beat him when he counted, and he won his second Super Bowl. Burrow has to get him a Super Bowl win, um, in my opinion. Uh, do you think – now, do, is the best. do you think if Burrow doesn't get – a Super Bowl, that's the fault of the organization. That's the fault of the organization for not getting him the offensive line that he deserves or needs. I mean, he got to a Super Bowl with the bad O-line the first time. I mean, Very bad. Damn near did it again this year. Um, I mean, if they would have had the original O-line, even though it was bad, they lost two other O-tackles in, in the game going into the Chief game. If they had those guys, they'd probably win another one. And they're yeah. in the bowl, and they're probably Super Bowl champs, um, or the Eagles are. Who knows? But you know, and then he would have been in two Super Bowls in a row, and four and zero versus Mahomes. And now you're starting to get okay. Is this guy the guy? Well, it's all about what have you done for me lately. So everyone's always gonna always revert back to what happened last, and that right now Mahomes got it. Um, but in, in in totality, if you look at the quarterback position and in longevity, thinking speaking of longevity, if you look at the whole thing, the big picture. Burrow is by far more mechanically sound. He's he's more accurate. He throws the ball on time better. He climbs the pocket. He gets rid of the football. And he still gets unbelievably blasted because his O-line is that bad. Now, he's got great wideouts. Okay, good. So is every other quarterback that's ever won. I mean, right. Kelsey is a number one wideout, contrary to your belief out there, naysayers. <laughs> and he was a former high school quarterback, and he was pretty damn good, actually. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey is a mismatch nightmare. I don't care if you don't have a number one receiver like Tyreek Hill out there, who's more of a gimmick utility guy. He's not really a number one wideout. Right. more of a guy you throw bubble screens to, screen and go, fade nine routes. You throw him on reverses. You throw him on all these smoke screens. You get that guy the ball because he's quick as a cat and he can go. Kelsey, you can put out wide against a corner. You can put him in a slot versus safety. He's a nightmare to linebackers. Um, that is something you just can't defend. And Mahomes knows it, understands it, and he eats off of it. Um, the same with having Chase, Higgins, and, and these type of guys. Burrow still has to go through the progression, still has to make the right to read, the right decisions. And that's doing it without an O-line. You can argue the Chiefs had a great O-line. Um, even losing Orlando Brown this year, the Chiefs will still restack. They'll be fine up front because Andy Reid understands what defenses are doing and knows how to get rid of the football without taking too much time. So having said that, Andy Reid clearly outcoached the Eagles in that game. It wasn't even close. Uh, Sean and I broke that game down in totality, and Andy Reid fully just outmatched, outclassed uh, the Eagles DC and it wasn't even close. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a straight up, uh, cause the Eagles played well enough on offense to win the game. 
Um, so they did. They you know, definitely did. It, it, it is what it is. It's finite little details that a lot of the common fans just don't understand or never will understand. But yet they want to see the big picture and think they know football when they really don't. And uh, and I, I'm not here to just be an you asshole. don't know shit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to try to be an asshole to him. It's like it's like, again, though, you're, you're, you wouldn't want me coming to your job telling you how to do it. And I don't want you in mind, but you all think you can because social media has allowed you to be comfortable in a situation that you won't get hit in the face. And that's just exactly. Definitely. I want to ask you a few more things before we end this great conversation. I know you're a busy man. You got to get to do other things. So what's your thoughts on Kentucky's quarterback, Will Levis? Uh, I know Will. I talked to Will quite often. Um, I was going to have him on the show. Uh, the, the PR wouldn't let him come on my show, of course. Um, but I offered to coach him. Um, he already had an agent that had a, a Carson, uh, Jordan Palmer who's a good friend of mine as well. Jordan's great with QBs. Uh, Carson's little brother. He's one of the best quarterback coaches out there. He is. That, are, that isn't in the NFL. A lot of these other guys are absolute fucking jokes. Um, but Jordan's good. Um, I don't know, man. Listen, I don't see a quarterback in this draft that we'll be talking about in five years. Like, oh, he's the shit. Uh, I think quarterbacks are getting worse and worse. Now, mind you, I've been around Bryce Young and his family. I've been around CJ Stroud and his family. Yeah. Like, they went to high school 15 minutes away from here. I got to see them since they're little kids. I've seen them their whole time. Nico, the the, the, the number one quarterback coming out going to Tennessee, uh, his dad was my tight end in Juco. We grew up together. Um, okay. I talk to Nico all the time. Nico's going to get a bunch of money to go to Tennessee, and now all the pressure is going to be right on his shoulders because he has to perform when he gets $5 million on a T-Mobile deal or whatever he got, um, which is totally unfair to me to these 17-year-old kids who are now expected to be professionals without even taking a snap against Alabama. That's exactly that we're, we're putting these kids, we're setting them up for failure at an all-time Unfair high. pressure, yeah. But having said that, um, CJ, Bryce, all these guys, uh, if you look at the history of Ohio State quarterbacks, they've absolutely been dog shit in the NFL. You can also say that for Alabama for the most part. We'll see how Tua ends up. But other than that, a lot of them haven't really done well. Mac Jones, we'll see. Um, I'm not really impressed with Mac Jones. I think he's just a stiff back there with no talent around him. See, when you have talent around you like he did at Alabama, he looked great. Uh, when you don't have the same talent, you look shitty, and that's what he looks like. Perimeter threats at New England. They have no big-time running game. They have no big-time tight end, and they're struggling, and he's a guy sitting in the pocket. He's not going to run around and make plays, which the rest of the NFL quarterbacks do, which saves them and makes their coaches look good. So having said that, um, CJ, big body, Peyton Manning type of guy, but will he be Peyton Manning or Jamarcus Russell? Because if the history shows you that the Ohio State quarterback struggles mildly in the NFL when they get there. And I don't know if I see the it factor. Having him watch him in high school here, I saw little things as well. Good kid, big body, big arm, upside's tremendous. Um, I just don't know if he has that it factor, but we'll see. If it was anybody in the NFL that's going to have success, I would argue it's probably going to be him of the big names that we see. Now, Bryce Young... Not worried about his size because I know he's got some nuts and guts on him because I know his pops, his family. I don't think that's an issue anymore. Uh, Drew Brees played a long time, roughly the same size yeah. in a much tougher NFL. Mm -hmm. We don't hit the quarterback anymore. I'm not worried about Bryce's size. Um, we can't even touch the QB anymore. It's not a big worry to me. The worry is that the O-linemen are still 6'8", 
and he still has to find windows to throw the football through. And 5'10", barely, uh, that will become an issue. So he has to be on the right system, right offense, like Drew Brees was with Sean Payton. So he's got to be in an offense that is conducive for his size and skill set. And it's just harder and harder to find those right niches in the NFL. You can argue Trevor Lawrence was almost a bust because of Urban Meyer hire. Luckily, Peterson. God, corrected- that was that was fucking abysmal. And and Peterson corrected it now, and now you see the Trevor Lawrence number one pick that we all thought. And I think Trevor Lawrence could be a top three quarterback in this league in the next couple of years. So having looked at it, I think the Richardson kid is an absolute joke. Uh, I, I don't get it. Um, I, I I really don't know how these cats get enamored with these kids every year when I, until I see a fucking dude broad jump 10, seven over a guy to win a super bowl, stop showing me his broad jump. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't do anything about throwing a dig route on time. Yeah. I don't care about his 40. We've seen Lamar Jackson. How many playoff games has he won? What does Lamar Jackson want? I want to see guys stand in the pocket, take a fucking shot, and throw the ball on time over the linebacker's head in between the safety and the corner. Yeah, for sure. You don't see that, yeah. You don't see it at all anymore. And Will Levis looks like Tarzan. I mean, last time I checked, I mean, fuck, are we playing linebacker or quarterback? I don't need you to be a bodybuilder. And now he's doing bodybuilder pitchers, and I'm like, come on, dog. People realize. yeah. The more muscles you have as a quarterback, the more restrictive your pecs and arm and deltoids and shoulders are. They're all connected. Do people understand that when we're muscular up here, that shit gets tight? Have you seen Tom Brady's body? Yeah. Have you seen Aaron Rodgers' body? Have you seen Joe Montana's body? Have you seen fucking Mac Jones' body? Like, we want the quarterback to be in shape, understandingly so. In shape, fit, whatever. But I don't need him to be fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like that's I, honestly, that's that's what Will Levis has turned into since the season ended. I know. It's insane the transformation. I know. It is insane. I know, and uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, but you know what that tells me? Agents, his agent. Hey man, we got a plan on taking a beat, and we're gonna run triple option RPO. You're gonna throw the ball deep. We got to get ready. That is where it's going, and that's what I'm afraid yeah. of. It ain't going to last. It ain't sustainable, man. It ain't sustainable. Ask Cam Newton. Two more questions. When Jason Brown's time is said and done on earth, how does Jason, the person, not the social media person, not the well-known coach on Netflix, how does Jason Brown, the human being, want to be remembered? Um, Honest, unapologetic, and uh, helping. Uh, I've never came across anyone that I've never tried to help or lend my uh, shirt off my back for. Um, I've always given my, I've always put my best foot forward. I've always been a loyal person. I, I you know, it's going to say some type of loyalty on my grave because uh, loyalty is so hard to come by. I built a cigar lounge at my house, Corey, a full on $50,000 build out. It's better than a bar and a cigar lounge you go to mm. in the country. I built my backyard up. That is conducive for my dogs. And I could go out there in the summer and spend my whole day out there because I don't want my dogs in the house like that. I built these things for a reason. I don't like people. I don't want to see you. I don't want to fucking be around you. I want to be around my dogs. You know why? Because dogs are the most loyal creatures on the planet Earth. You know yeah. what dogs are put on this earth for? To serve you. That's their only purpose. Um, that is how I was raised. That's how I am. 
And I'm never shocked, Corey, at being stabbed in the back. The shocking part comes when you turn around and see who's holding the fucking knife. Exactly. That is why loyalty is what I'll be known for. And I also will be known for being a uh, very, very untrustworthy individual. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust you. I don't trust them. I don't trust my mom. I don't trust fucking nobody because people don't realize there's two people I trust me and the other one ain't you. And that's just my motto because people lie still and cheat every single day. And then they apologize for it and act like it's all good and forgiven. I, I just refuse to live that way. Um, I don't have scabs on my knees. I don't kiss ass. I'm never going to do it. Uh, I'm never going to apologize. I'm going to be who I am. And if you don't spend the time to realize who that person is, then shame on you and eat a dick. I really don't give a fuck um, because I know who I am. I sleep at night right. knowing that. And anyone that's played for me or coached with me um, also know that. And if you can show me one player that has talked shit about me and bashed me and said anything about my character on social media, please show me. I'm still waiting for that one. And all the people out there that saw the Netflix that talk shit that I'm a horrible human that never met me, please show me the guys that actually fucking know me and played for me that showed me. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just it blows my mind, man. That is why it's actually secondhand embarrassment and the audacity of some of these people uh, actually blow my mind, man. And I feel bad for him and sorry for him. And, uh, Hey, haters, man, you gotta love them. They're our biggest fans. Definitely. Last question. What advice do you have for high school parents with their son or daughter playing the sport of football? What advice could you give them going into college transitioning from high school to college? What advice could you give them? Oh, from the, Oh, you're asking what advice do I give to a parent from a kid going to college earn, that earned a scholarship already um, to shut the fuck up, get out of the way. Don't say nothing. Ask no question. And, and I'll tell you no lies because when recruiting's over um, it's over. I, I tell my players, I don't want to ever hear from your fucking mom again, ever. Because here's the problem, man. Parents that are, especially nowadays in this helicopter parent world we live in, um, transfer portals obviously are at all-time high. Transfer portals have killed college athletics, and period. Not just football, but athletics. Um, this is the reason that why the parents need to shut the fuck up and get out of the way. Real simple. Um, you have no investment in your kids' day-to-day -day lives Mm. through youth football all through high school besides feeding them at night and putting them in a bed the coach has been the babysitter of your kid for 80 percent of the year for four to six to eight years depending on if you played youth football high school or whatever right and now all of a sudden you want to be back in control you weren't in control when you dropped your kid off and then your coach had to feed him, house him, put up with them, train him, teach him how to not cheat on tests, how to talk to ladies and women and young girls, how not to sag their pants, how to sit in the front row, how to do homework, how to be a respectable young man, how to graduate on time, how to go to school. All this shit you weren't around for. All you were there for was to ask why your little boy and little Johnny wasn't playing enough. Well, Susan, if he came to fucking practice, you would know why his ass is on the bench. They won't, though. They don't want to do it. They're not invested. They only want a babysitter. They want you to be a babysitter. 
until it's not convenient anymore. And then when their kid gets a big time scholarship, they want to take the credit because they birthed them, right? They shot them out of their womb. And usually it's a single mother, unfortunately, that don't have a clue what's going on in the recruiting world, that don't have a clue what's happening. And that's why you see a lot of transfer portal issues because now, oh, we pick a kid, we, we, we pick a school, I mean, now we're to the school. And yeah. guess what? The kid gets to that school that you know nothing about, mom. And now the kid comes home and says, mom, Coach Saban told me that I'm probably going to red shirt. I want to transfer. All right. <laughs> That's it. All right. The mom don't do shit. The mom has no, no, has no clue what's happening. So now the mom lets him transfer. So now kid comes home a year later. Coach, uh, coach at uh, LSU told me that I'm not going to play this year. All right. Want to transfer? Sure. I mean, there is no tough skin. It's all enabled now. We're enabling our yep. kids to an all-time high. The parents are enabling his shit. Every single kid that I know nowadays coming out of high school is expecting instant gratification. A, they've been enabled to an all-time high, so they do expect instant gratification. B, they want results without the work. And they have no tough skin whatsoever. So if anyone yeah. yells at them at all, which is really a, a thing that kids need so that they can toughen their skin so that when they do get yelled at at McDonald's when they're working there in five years, they're not fired because they can't take an ass ripping because they're late to class or late to work. The problem is nowadays we allow everything. We don't coach mm -hmm. anything anymore. And there's an old adage, you coach it or you allow it. We allow everything. I've never heard or seen more kids that I go around speaking to tell, not ask, let me be clear, tell their parents what they will and will not eat for dinner. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. <laughs> they will tell their mom, no, I'm not eating that shit. I want fucking this. And I'm sitting there like, my dad would have told me to eat the shit he cooked or wear it to bed. There was no fucking option. We have given these kids so many options now. And why haven't the parents taken away these motherfuckers? Well, the why problem the they taken these away if their kids do something dumb, if they miss class, school, if they throw something at a teacher or fucking all this shit we're seeing, these nightmares yeah. on TikTok and Instagram and all these videos. Why isn't the parent doing anything? It's at an all-time high. Smashing grabs at Nordstrom. Fucking targets in Philly getting ransacked. I mean, it's all colors, all races, all creeds. The family values and the parenting has failed us at an all-time high. It's because we've allowed it and not coached it. And it starts in the house. It starts at a young age. Be invested in your kids from the jump. Don't just get invested when it's convenient for you because little Johnny is going to be the next great thing. Because you're going to fail him at the end of the day, like you have for 15 years. Jason, I want to thank you for your time, bro. I greatly appreciate this. A lot of wisdom, a lot of insight. Um, before we end this, where can the folks find you at on social media, Jason? Uh, Twitter. Uh, shit, I don't even know what they are anymore. The Real Coach underscore JB on Twitter. My Instagram, my big ones, verified ones have been deleted. Uh, we'll get them back. Um, TikTok, I think it's, un it's the Real Coach JB. And uh, YouTube's the Coach JB Show. Um, that's a fast-growing YouTube sports show, one of the fastest ones growing on YouTube. Yeah, you got almost uh, 23,000 subscribers. Yeah, and I just started doing it not too long ago, man. I'm starting to do it consistently. YouTube's a hard code to crack, so I'm starting to get that going. 
Um, I go daily 6 a.m. Pacific on YouTube every day. Um, and then I'm on Patreon too. Um, the Coach AB uh, show on Patreon, which I do kind of my uh, unscripted, raw and uncut, uh, you know, content. Yeah. Plus Last Chance Q, Sean Salisbury and I are on there breaking down NFL film on Patreon. Plus I do cooking videos and dog videos and all that shit's on Patreon, man. So um, all that over there, you got to pay for to get to get access to that. Um, like tomorrow, I'll probably have a couple, I'll probably have Meg the Stallion or or someone similar with that type of ass serving me drinks while I'm playing poker. I'll film that and put yeah, it on your poker party. <laughs> That's it. Hey, Jason, man, I want to appreciate you, brother. It's always uh it's good to talk to you. Nah, thank you, sir. I'll I'll be reaching back out to you again here soon in just a minute, man. All right, brother. Take care, bro.